Our first reading of the morning is from the book of Colossians, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 10, a short passage there, one of Paul's letters. I invite you to follow along on the screen as I read. Paul writing says this, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the universe, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have come to fullness in him, who is the head of every ruler and authority. And friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Of all the people, Kramer, Kramer was the one who saw it coming. Almost 30 years ago, Kramer from the TV show Seinfeld saw the woke new world on the horizon. And what he saw was not very pretty. We're going to dim the lights and show you exactly what I mean. Okay, you're checked in. Thank you. Here's your age. Uh, no. You don't want to wear an age ribbon? Uh, no. But you have to wear an AIDS ribbon. I have to? Yes. Yeah, see, that's why I don't want to. But everyone wears the ribbon. <laughs> you must wear the ribbon. What you are? You're a ribbon bully. Hey! Hey, you come back here! Come back here and put this on! Hey, where's your ribbon? Oh, I don't wear it. You don't wear the ribbon? Aren't you against AIDS? Yeah, I'm against AIDS. I mean, I'm walking on it. Wear the ribbon. Who do you think you are? Put the ribbon on. Hey, Cedric, Bob, this guy won't wear a ribbon. Who? Who doesn't want to wear the ribbon? <laughs> so, what's it going to be? Are you going to wear the ribbon? No. Damn. But I'm wearing the ribbon. He's wearing the ribbon. We are all wearing the ribbon. So why aren't you going to wear the ribbon? This is America. I don't have to wear anything I don't want to wear. Do with it. I huh? guess we're just going to have to teach him to wear the ribbon. <laughs> now just imagine that episode was 30 years ago, but it's amazing how ahead of his time it was in predicting the world to come. And sadly, it's the kind of world we're living in right now. It's a world in which we are in danger of being deplatformed, purged, exiled, or even worse, especially if you refuse to go along with the crowd and refuse to wear the ribbon. Now, the ribbon can be just about anything these days. It might be the nonsensical use of personal pronouns. These are people who insist on not being addressed as he or she, him or her. The satirical news site, the Babylonian Bee, has a sketch on YouTube in which a woman is driving alone in the high occupancy carpool lane. And when she is pulled over, she argues with the police officer because she believes that she has the right to drive in that lane since her personal pronouns are they, them. And so she says to the police officer, we can drive in the carpool lane. Well, after thoroughly confusing the police officer, she says, 
can we leave now, sir? At which point this bald, bearded, and obviously male police officer suddenly takes offense as to why this woman would just assume his gender. <laughs> well, this kind of stuff is enough to make your hair hurt because it seems like sheer lunacy. But you've got to wear the ribbon. Back on January 18th, one of the Philadelphia Flyers hockey players decided not to participate in the team's pregame warm-ups because all the players had been given rainbow-colored gay pride jerseys to wear and hockey uh, uh, sticks wrapped in rainbow-colored tape. Now the player, Ivan Provorov, decided not to make a big deal out of it. He simply declined to participate out of his religious conviction as a Russian Orthodox Christian. And yet there were those in the media who called him bigoted and homophobic and demanding that he be benched. Others pleaded with the league to fine the team a million dollars. After all, you've got to wear the ribbon. There are plenty of other ribbons out there like Black Lives Matter, diversity, equity, and inclusion, DEI, critical race theory, CRT, and critical gender theory. That's just to name a few. There's also a ribbon term called presentism. And C.S. Lewis has another term for it way back. He called it chronological snobbery. It means judging everyone in the past by the standards of the present. In other words, people who lived 100 years ago, 500 years ago, 1,000 years ago, really should have known better. And yet, who of us do not have moments in our past that would just make us cringe? Who of us have never said, I can't believe I said that? I can't believe I wore that. I can't believe I thought that. I can't believe I did that. As a young boy, I played cowboys and Indians. As a teenager, I had the Farrah Fawcett poster hanging on my wall. We did those things because we had not yet grown into the person we are today. See, there's no DeLorean time machine from Back to the Future where you judge everybody by what you imagine that you would have done, say, back in 1619. And then there's this entire issue of cancel culture in which there's no possibility of forgiveness for past indiscretions, or even if it is simply standing up for what you believe and embrace what is part of your core values. For example, Juan Riesco is a Christian deli owner in Chicago, and he experienced this kind of cancel culture firsthand. Nina's Deli went from being the top-ranked restaurant in Chicago on Yelp to them running for their lives. His deli was sponsored by Nike, celebrities wore his swag, and life for his family was everything that an American could dream of from a business standpoint. And then his Christian faith and biblical view of sexuality and gender and failure to cave in to wear the ribbon made him an inviting target of the cancel culture mob mentality and turned him into public enemy number one. Well, you might be thinking, well, it's because he was white, right? Nope. 
He was actually part of an immigrant family of Cuban, Mexican, and Lebanese descent. Doesn't matter. He wasn't wearing the ribbon. Now, all this stuff, and there are a million other examples in TV and movies and music, fall under the umbrella of what has been called being woke. That's the term making the rounds these days. Well, what exactly does it mean to be woke? It might be easier to first describe what it is not. Desiring peace, harmony, and justice for all people does not make you woke. Understanding that our country's history was deplorable in dealing with slavery and the treatment of minorities, and now rejecting that racism and working towards racial reconciliation does not make you woke. Knowing that the church has often adequately addressed legitimate grievances amongst a wide range of people does not make you woke. Envisioning a society as Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once dreamed where all people are judged not by the color of their skin but by the content of their character does not make you woke. To accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and Lord and ask that the Holy Spirit would come into your life and empower you to live as Jesus lived and love as Jesus loved does not make you woke. To be a champion of the underdog, the lost and the last and the lonely, that you would give generously and joyfully, that you would give your life to telling others the good news of Jesus Christ does not make you woke. Confessing that we are all equal in God's eyes and that the ground at the foot of the cross is level does not make you woke. Instead, this is what the gospel demands of us as followers of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. He said, do unto others as you have them do unto you. This is what it means to live as a disciple of Jesus Christ. And as Christians, our faith should motivate us to be God's transformative agents in society. Jesus says that we are to be salt and light in the world. So, what does woke mean? Well, it depends on who you talk to. Let me give you a couple of working definitions that will hopefully help us if we ever want to, as my sermon title suggests, wake up from woke. Dr. Owen Strachan wrote a book titled Christianity and Wokeness, and in it he says, wokeness is first and foremost a mindset. In the most specific terms, this means one sees the comprehensive inequity of our social order and strives to highlight power structures in society that stem from racial privilege. One scholar of critical race theory and wokeness, Michael Young, defines it this way, woke, the view that society is oppressive. Oppression is a result of identity-based discrimination discrimination, racism, sexism, and homophobia, which operates via systemic power through cultural supremacy. And the solution to this is to rebuild the whole system. Wokeness, as I kind of understand it, is the insistence that the root of all of society's problems are systemic imbalances of power. And so the only solution is the complete dismantling of the system and the beneficiaries of the system. The problem, as I see it, 
is that anything woke is absent of grace. And I believe that it makes the same mistake of reducing people down to the color of their skin, their gender, or their identity. The Apostle Paul pointed this out in his letter to the Colossians, which was our first scripture reading earlier in the service. He warned the church not to be led astray from the things that may have cultural approval, but ultimately lead to spiritual bankruptcy. He writes, see to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the universe, and not, not according to Christ. In a woke world, there's no God, and there's no grace. There's no hope of any kind of inner transformation of the heart, and there certainly is no eternal life. There is just this constant battle of the oppressors and the oppressed. It's an ideology which never unites, but always divides. It offers no lasting hope, only a continual victim mentality. I feel like this whole uh, woke issue is this deep darkness that seems to be enveloping humanity. As the Christian author Warren Wiersbe says, the most dangerous darkness in our, quote, enlightened age is the dense spiritual darkness that blinds the minds and controls the hearts of people who have never trusted Christ or claim to know him, but don't follow him. And friends, this is the kind of darkness that Jesus Christ came to penetrate. Amidst all the woke gurus out there who claim to know what is best for us, Jesus is our guru, and you just need to know guru simply means dispeller of darkness. Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life who came to shine his light into our dark and confused world. And what he does, no human system, no matter how well-intentioned, can really do. Through Christ's life, death, and resurrection, he turns sinners into saints, and it gives us a place in God's family, not because of who we are, but because of whose we are. It is the blood of Jesus Christ which truly unites us, changes people's hearts, and brings us what we all desperately need, and that is the grace of God. So, what can we do? Well, something that boycotts are one way to stem the tide in order to get an organization's attention. And the recent Bud Light campaign learned that lesson the hard way. Certainly, there's nothing wrong with having a social conscience when shopping for products. But what we really need to do, what we really need to do, is speak the truth. There are some things in life that are true, and there's some things in life that are just false. And we definitely need leaders in our businesses, in our government, but just as much in our places of worship, who will, with Christ's likeness, stand up for the truth, no matter how uncomfortable or how unwelcomed it might be. It's important for the church to have that voice, especially with the bombardment of social media influencers TV news broadcasts, and yes, even celebrity preachers who have 
distorted and destructive voices of virtue signaling that are masquerading as the truth. You know, the Apostle Paul understood this all too well. You heard me read before from 2 Timothy. He says, for the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. Friends, it is far better for us to bend our will to God's than for God to bend his will to us. And we live in a world where truth and reality are dismissed for the sake of selfish desires. So Paul says, proclaim the message. Be persistent, whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. Convince, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience in teaching. In other words, what Paul is saying is preach the gospel in and out of season and not just on Sunday morning. Oh yes, we're going to have conflict. But it's also an opportunity for us to engage others with grace and truth, or as Paul urges, with great patience and careful instruction. The challenge I think we face every day as Christians is to be courageous and bold. At some point in the future, if it hasn't happened already, you're probably going to face a situation where your faith is going to be tested. Perhaps you'll be witness to a child who is being mistreated or bullied. Maybe it is a friend who is being ridiculed by a cancel culture mob. It might be someone who's playing fast and loose with the truth. Or it might be someone who's cutting corners and compromising on moral values. And there's going to be an opportunity for you to say a good word for Jesus Christ and his church to a neighbor, to a friend, to a relative, to a total stranger. Friends, be open, be honest, be patient, but most of all, be gracious and loving. Oh, I know, it may feel risky, socially unacceptable, awkward, embarrassing, politically incorrect, and yes, even anti-woke. But as Paul says, do the work of an evangelist and carry out your ministry fully. Would you join me in prayer? Let us pray. Oh God, we pray that you would grant us the ability to listen better to your holy whispers, weaving the holy scriptures into the way in which we live our daily lives. Help us to engage people in a manner that would help them break through the barriers of confusion that have blinded their eyes and where we may be blind and miss the mark. Guide us to the place, not of wokeness, but of wholeness. In Jesus' name, amen.